It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Tuesday. Hang on. Okay, just answering Ms. Mary real quick here. So let's say uh, Tuesday, but it's considered to be actually more like it, it would be a Thursday, and tomorrow's Friday because the next day's Thanksgiving as we're getting closer to the weekend here. All right. And it's already begun. We already knew this was going to happen. I haven't seen a lot of these stories, but they pop up every single year. How dare you celebrate Thanksgiving? Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so the first story I came across this morning, and I mean the first one as I was doing all this research for you while you guys were sleeping. The nation needs to decolonize Thanksgiving. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, here's the story. Uh, holiday season, story says family football, whiny articles from progressives about how to properly politicize your holiday gathering, which is exactly the opposite of what you should be doing, but okay. The Nation magazine seems to have drawn the short straw this year with a piece titled, Should Americans Keep Celebrating Thanksgiving? The only twist in the piece is that the authors think we should, in fact, continue to celebrate the holiday, but only if we turn it into another excuse for uh, leftism and, you know, getting right. And, well, we just have to sort of redefine why and how, right? From the magazine, from the article. For many Americans, the image of Thanksgiving is one of supposed unity, uh, the gathering of pilgrims and Indians in a harmonious feast. But this version obscures the harsh truth, one steeped in colonialism, violence, and misrepresentation. That's, they completely understand what happened on Thanksgiving Day, the original Thanksgiving Day. They already completely misunderstand what happened that day. By exploring the indigenous perspective on Thanksgiving, we can not only discern some of the nuances of decolonizing, but gain a deeper understanding of American history. No, you guys don't have a deep... Okay, reading on. I do not think we need to end Thanksgiving, says this author, but we do need to decolonize it. Uh, that means centering the indigenous perspective and challenging the colonial narratives around the holiday and every other day on the calendar by 
reclaiming authentic histories and practices. Decolonizing seeks to honor indigenous values, identities, and knowledge. This Thanksgiving, here's what we're supposed to do, what, they, what he would like us to do. This Thanksgiving, let's break the bonds of colonialism and capitalism. Oh, God. You're supposed to get rid of colonialism and capitalism, by the way, which capitalism is what made the world such a better place to live. Don't believe me? Go to Venezuela. Go to China. Go, to the, go visit the old Soviet Union, Cuba, North Korea. Anyway, and not just our place, but our perspectives, too. I want a Thanksgiving where I can be thankful that I live in a world where diversity is celebrated and where every person's connection to their food, land, and history is respected and cherished. So let's take a look here at what the original Thanksgiving actually was. I don't have to go into a whole long... I mean, I could spend the rest of the morning on it, but I won't. It really came down to this. When the pilgrims arrived, they blew it. They completely blew it. They tried, because they didn't have much in resources, a form of collectivism. Where everybody produced something, and it's all going to be put into the big community pot and equally distributed. And the plan failed miserably. I can go into all the reasons why, but it doesn't work. Collectivism like that doesn't work. And so the first season, they were in dire straits, and it was the local natives, who they were friends with, who helped them. They made it through. Not all of them, but a lot of them made it through. Then they decided to change their ways, and so they instead, it was sort of an every man for himself. You produce it, it's yours. You get to keep it. It's not that we don't cooperate with each other. We do, but, you know, you, you get to keep what you produce. Everybody just do your thing and try to be as productive as possible to help yourself. The next year, they had an abundance, way more than they needed. That plan works. So they had a massive abundance by the end of the year. And to thank God for their bounty, they invited their friends, which were the native tribes, to come join them for a feast. And there you go. That's the first Thanksgiving, which has not a damn thing to do with what this guy just wrote about. He's even saying, we got to get rid of capitalism. What the hell does that have to do with the original Thanksgiving? All right, but reading on here, the Quinnipiac University poll, you know, I'm not, I'm not big on polls, found that most voters are not looking forward to Thanksgiving political discussions. Well, that I can believe. With 29% saying they are, but 61% saying don't. 10% gave a variety of other answers. Quote, well, number one, I'm not going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys or Charles Hart of the former chair of the Orange County Republican Party. I think Americans are tired of politics right now. They're wanting to have a good holiday. Now, I can tell you right now, think about what I do for a living. Every day, think about what I do for a living. When I go to visit my family, which I will, not on Thanksgiving, but on Thanksgiving Day, I will usually have friends over, but... When I go back home, which I will be right after Thanksgiving, the week after, whenever I'm around friends and family on any holiday, not really interested in discussing politics and social issues. That's not what we're there for. And so when people start with those topics, 
And a lot of times they start with it because it's what's on their mind. Sometimes they pick up those topics because of what I do for a living. Oh, there's Glenn. Let's go talk politics with him. And I'll turn to him and very politely say, that's not why I'm here. Let's just talk about other things. We're putting that away right now. And we're going to talk about other things that are of interest to us. This is not the time and the place. There are those, however, activists who love to use holidays like this. Well, you got together with your parents, your family, time to convert them. And you will see this. There's usually an article like this one around the holidays from progressives who like to find ways to talk. Remember Pajama Boy? For those who forget Pajama Boy, it was so ridiculous. It was lampooned. And the Obama administration put up a picture of some guy who is wearing a one... He's supposed to be like a young adult male, but he's looking really cute in his onesie plaid red pajamas. Yeah, it's a big onesie. And he's sitting there with a cup of hot cocoa. What are you going to do this Christmas? Talk about Obamacare. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, so that, boy, that was lampooned. And that's what some progressives do. Here are talking points to bring home this Thanksgiving holiday, which is exactly what most people don't want. Later in the article, Pew notes another majority of Americans of all stripes agree on. About six in ten people in each party say they find it stressful and frustrating to have political conversations with people they disagree with. These uh, shares have gotten uh, grown somewhat over the past few years, which is why most people just say, don't bring it up at the table. All right. Uh, <clears throat> then there's this article, which I'll get into next. From Cowboy State Daily. It flies in the face of the last article. Why buy a Thanksgiving turkey in Wyoming when you can go shoot one? <laughs> uh, I.D. John Morning Glenn, since you're doing as little as possible this week, you should play the... Oh, um, I probably will. It, here's a couple of things that make it on air every Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Two of them people really look forward to. One of them... Nobody looks forward to it, but I do it every year. The first one is Rush Limbaugh's Thanksgiving story. I either play it or I do it myself. Yeah, I just take what Rush Limbaugh said and I just present it myself. That's one. Second, got to play WKRP's Turkey Drop. Turkeys Away was the name of the episode. But I play the turkey drop scene. I always do that. I'll do that tomorrow near the end of the show. Have to. It's got to be done. People beg for it. The final thing that I do every single year that people ask me, for the love of God, please stop it, but I always do it, is my personal true story, Thanksgiving and the neti pot. Something that actually happened with me and my family on a Thanksgiving. And it really is just gross. It was right at Thanksgiving dinner that this happened. And people just go, oh, quit telling that story. I'll be telling the story because it's tradition. It really is. Jim and Casper, we as your friends really try hard not to talk your shop when you, we get together. All for your sake, unless you bring this stuff up. We hopefully, <laughs> yeah, actually, Jim, yes, I really do appreciate that my friends try not to talk too much politics around the holidays. Yeah, I just, it's not just a matter of me not wanting to get into it because it's all I do all day. And so I want to put it aside for a while. 
but it also helps everybody else to have a less stressful holiday. But I also appreciate, Jim, uh, friends of mine, that when it gets to the weekend, since I've been doing this all morning, all day, all week long, when it gets to the weekend, I want to put it aside for a while. And my friends are actually very good about not bringing up politics and social issues during the weekend because they they want to talk about it, but they know that I'm just done. I've been doing it all week long. Red and Casper, love the article on AI people by state. I couldn't get uh, to the index, so I had to uh, modify. Okay, uh, lots of, okay, yeah. Go check out the story that Red is talking about. There's one about how artificial intelligence and people in Europe see Wyoming. It's, it's an interesting article. All right. 618, wake up Wyoming. Serious takes on local politics, or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six twenty-six. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. See Mike from Leeds, South Dakota. I see your neti pot and raise you the neat find I have. Well, uh, if anytime you want. In fact, I'm wondering if I should write up the neti pot story and post it. Besides, still telling it on the air every single year. Okay, so this was a great story. Since once again, you're supposed to feel guilty about Thanksgiving. Because of colonialization and all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, and, and let's just forget. That means we have to just forget what American Indians were doing to each other before we ever got here. Even after we got here. So they were no better than us. Just to put it in. That doesn't give anybody an excuse for bad behavior. But let's put it in perspective. All right. So, okay. Wyoming, uh, Cowboy State Daily. Why buy a Thanksgiving turkey in Wyoming when you can just shoot one? Story says the do-it-yourself spirit runs strong in Wyoming, and that even includes the Thanksgiving turkey. So why go to the store and buy a bird when you can just shoot a wild one? And for that matter, uh, <clears throat> several neighborhoods around Wyoming, there's there's gangs of turkeys. These are gangs, and they're just obnoxious. And if you if it wasn't for the fact that we're not allowed to shoot in neighborhoods like that, I say just go bum tackle one and strangle it. You can do that, right? Anyway, oh, by the way, these things are not native to Wyoming. They were brought to Wyoming so people could hunt them. So hunt them. That's why they were brought here. It says, well, it's just as simple as going out and it's not just as simple as going out and shooting one. Hunting wild turkey always is a challenge, requires skill. They're a remarkably smart bird, it says. The reason that Benjamin Franklin wanted them to be our national bird they're really clever. They're, uh, they've completely fooled me more than once. Bird hunting is usually associated, says the story, with uh, wing shooting over fields and marshes, but uh, hunting turkey is a bit different. It's usually done in heavily forested mountain areas. One of the favorite wild turkey areas is to get up there in the trees, kind of like deer hunting or elk hunting because of the terrain. So you'd be hiking around in the mountains. Turkeys are a hell of a lot easier to throw over your shoulder and haul out, that's for sure. Male turkeys or toms may be legally hunted in Wyoming. There are two seasons, one in the spring, another in the fall. So in other words, right now. 
So he says he prefers hunting in the spring season when the turkeys are in rut or mating season. They're a little easier. Well, the turkey calls work a little bit better then. Okay. See, my thought is, and he goes into all the details about how to shoot and hunt. My thought with this is, yeah, but then as long as you're okay with cleaning the thing afterwards, because that's where the work comes in. If you're good with that, go do it. For me, I just pay somebody else to take care of it all, so I don't have to. It just saves me the trouble. I All I have to do is sit down and eat. Saves me a lot of work. 6.30, local news. Update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Colder. Polish off that tin hat. You'll need it for this one. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Six thirty-six. of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So, okay. I just came across this story. This is good. <clears throat> Sorry. One of the things about keeping the eye in the ball. What's the actual job here? And do not try to insert absurdity, especially if your political and social ideas are absurd, into everything because then you're not getting the job done. Here's what I mean. Headline. Uh, Internal Senate memo highlights Biden administration's effort to tie highway funding to woke priorities. Uh, Okay. Uh, So in a... Internal memorandum circulated among lawmakers by Senate Commerce Committee Republicans. The memo first obtained, well, okay, it was set late Monday evening, and spearheaded by the Commerce ranking member Ted Cruz, who is planning to author legislation that would prohibit the Department of Transportation from tying federal funds to left-wing priorities. It particularly targets the Department of Transportation management of these grant programs that serve as key vehicles to fund various types of surface transportation projects nationwide. Quote, billions upon billions of taxpayer dollars meant for infrastructure projects are tied to woke initiatives that are more focused on dismantling America's infrastructure in the name of equity and climate change than building roads, bridges. So in other words... We started Department of Transportation with the purpose of building and maintaining roads and bridges. And what they're doing instead is spending the money on the opposite of that. Quote, Congress must not allow the Department of Transportation to push the absurd concept of racist roads, which they have. And they should just be improving highways. The funding notices issues by the Department of Transportation should focus on the law as as it was written, not woke priorities. In June, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, announced that his agency had started accepting applications for the National Infrastructure Project Assistance Infrastructure for Rebuilding America. Oh, God, what a long title. And the Rural Surface Transportation Grant Programs. The three programs received about $5.6 billion, most of which supports all of this, under the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Acts of 2021. Buttigieg says the grants eventually awarded under these programs would support 
transformational infrastructure projects across the nation. Well, what kind of transport? I mean, transformational how, really? Well, awarding states recipients uh, most broadly on equity and climate concerns. Projects that have not sufficiently considered equity and barriers to opportunity in their planning and climate change. Well, we have to we have to fix that. Projects that do not sufficiently consider climate change and environmental justice in their planning. That's what Pete Buttigieg is working on as transportation secretary. Oh, yeah. Before we build a road, we have to consider equity, climate change and climate justice. Then maybe we can build a road. The two founding conditions cite President Biden's day one executive order titled Advancing Racial Equality and Support for Underserved Communities Through Federal Government Act. Oh, God. What's with the long names? Following Buttigieg's announcement, Cruz wrote in, a July, in July to the Government Accountability Office asking for confirmation of the rule. In other words, are you for real? According to the memo, Cruz will soon introduce a resolution challenging woke anti-highway policies. The resolution would additionally target DOT practices uh, for framing and road building. And this is where they don't want you to be dependent on the automobile. You got to get out of your car. And so they're working on that as well. Taken together, the story says these additions which severely deviate from the criteria in law will favor states seeking to expand mass transit. So in other words, those states who agree with the Biden administration's take on all of this will get more money. And those states that do not, well, by not getting money at all for a lot of projects will be punished. The DOT's funding notice guarantees that applicants will not get consideration funds unless they embrace the administration's extreme views on all of these topics. For years, left-wing groups, the story says, like the American Civil Liberties Union and activists have argued, U.S. cities historically use highway infrastructure to further discrimination, Buttigieg says. So there is racism physically built into some of our highways. June 2022, Buttigieg lost a $1 billion reconnecting communities program that aims to reverse infrastructure policies that he says divide communities. Okay, you get you get this whole idea, right? All we wanted you to do was just build some roads and roads and bridges where it makes sense to put them and then maintain them. That's all you had to do. It wasn't hard. 642 Wake Up Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 6.48 is the time. Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to Laramie to talk to David Settle. David, are you a believer in karma? Yes. Okay. Boy, I have the ultimate karma for you here. Okay. Three Missouri men broke into a prison that was abandoned. Okay, it was some controversy in the prison, and because of the controversy, it's called the workhouse. And because it was said that prisoners there were being abused, well, the whole thing was just shut down. 
in 2022. So the place actually looks relatively new inside. But these guys think, hey, there's a lot of stuff in there worth looting, which works out perfectly fine until they accidentally lock themselves in a cell. <laughs> so <clears throat> the only thing they could do to get themselves out was call the police. <laughs> oh, boy. Right. So now they got to call the police. Can you come get us out? So trespassing stealing and they're already behind bars yeah okay so now were i the police i would have taken my sweet time getting over there they were booked on charges and then they were sent to a different jail where they were locked in just like they were in the original jail see what, what i think what would have worked out they what if the police just decided to show up with a judge and just take care of it right there. Yeah, exactly. Don't I'm, waste any time. No, I, you, you already got them right where you want them. So why? Yeah. Now, if you were the police officer, one of them showing up, could you resist or would you have to like lay into these guys and make fun of them? I'd have to make fun of them. Yeah, you That's got, just me. Kind of got no choice in the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. At that point, I would, if I were any of these three, all of them, I would say, guys, you're just going to have to reevaluate your career choices in life. Exactly. Because this whole thing apparently is just not working out for you. If you go to rob a place and you end up in jail because that's the place that you're robbing, you're not making good choices. No, 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 indeed. All right. Thank you very much, Glenn. Good morning, everybody. Well, how about a little daytime college basketball? The Wyoming Cowgirls host Education Day today at the University of Wyoming. What exactly is Education Day? Well, it's a chance for some elementary school students from the surrounding area to attend a game during the middle of the day. Last year, there were over 5,000 students in attendance at uh, Education Day. The Cowgirls are hosting Shadron State College out of Nebraska at 11 a.m. at the Arena Auditorium. We'll have coverage at 10.30 on KWB in Laramie. Cowgirls 2-2 two and two on the season. Coming off a road split last week, they won at Denver last Tuesday, but then lost Saturday at Gonzaga. That's a game where the Cowgirls shot a season-best 53% from the field, made a season-high eight three-pointers. So you're thinking, hey, they had a chance. They got beat 80-64 to 64 because Gonzaga had 24 second-chance points thanks to 19 offensive rebounds in the game, and they also scored 27 points off of Wyoming's season-high 16 turnovers. Cowgirls still had four players in double figures, led by Allison Furtick with 12 points, but it wasn't enough. Now they play a Shadron State team that is two and one on the season after a victory at home against York, Nebraska last night in Shadron. They're 13 and 0 all time against the Eagles, and the average margin of victory is nearly 30 points. The last time they met was basically two years ago, November of 2021. The Cowgirls won that game in Laramie, 71 to 48. Again, Education Day today, 11 a.m. at the Arena Auditorium. Turning our attention to football. Postseason honors are out as the coaches have voted in all state awards were announced by the Wyoming Coaches Association for football on Monday. In Class 4A, Shinies tied for the most honors with eight players, including unanimous selections for first-team All-State in Cam Hayes at quarterback, Drew Jackson at running back, Colby Olson as punter, and Colby Dirks at a linebacker. Cheyenne Central had four honorees, Bryson Bailey, Mason Counter, Miles Porwall, and Colton Prindle. One apiece for Cheyenne South. That was Keelan Anderson, who was a unanimous selection as the kicking specialist. Then Caden Boyce from Kelly Walsh was an all-state selection. Four from Natrona County, Timothy Edmondson, Bo Russell, Noah Sides, and Danny Yates. 
from Class 3A. Douglas had three All-State selections in Carter Archuleta, Trey Wren, and Tegan Seeds. And from 1A, six-man Von Pearson of KC was an All-State selection uh, at that level. You can find all the All-State and All-Conference selections at wildpreps.com or on the Wild Preps app. And it's absolutely free to download that app and find that information. Meanwhile, the Cowboy football team, as we go back to college football, they have their regular season finale at Nevada on Saturday. It's a 7 p.m. kickoff. Pokes coming off of an impressive win against Hawaii. We'll see. Will that translate going on the road on a holiday weekend? Again, it's a 7 p.m. kickoff Mountain Time, broadcast at 530 on KWB in Laramie and K2 in Casper. That is your sports this hour. So what games are being played on Thursday? Well, you've got, uh, what, three NFL games, and that's kind of the spotlight there. And I'll, I'll have the, I can get you the exact schedule. Right. And then you've got a myriad of college and pro. There's a couple of college games also on okay. Thursday, but a myriad of college and pro Friday, and then college Saturday and pro Sunday. Yeah, okay. Do you, are you one of these guys who just turns on the television and just leaves it running football throughout the hall? Absolutely. Okay, I figure that's fine. All right, next yeah. hour, coming up on some local business news time after that weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Cool. 7.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So I know on the calendar it says it's a Tuesday. But technically speaking, this is a Thursday. And tomorrow, which is a Wednesday, is a Friday because Thursday is a holiday, which makes it a Saturday. Do you understand what we're doing? Okay. So just, you know, we're, we're skipping a lot of the week here, getting through, except for those people who have to work retail on Friday, the actual Friday. I've done it years ago. And dear Lord, I just... Folks, do us all a favor if you could. If you're going shopping on Friday and you're getting involved in all that, be nice to the retail workers. It is the day of the year when they make the most money. But it's also the toughest day of the year, especially because of the people who show up. Not just the number of people, but the type of people. Oh, my God, the attitudes they have to deal with. Be nice to retail workers and people who are working restaurants as well. On Black Friday, it is really a tough day to get through. But all right, first story for you from Cowboy State Daily. Casper man accused of brawling his way through Walmart employees with, and, and employees as well with a uh, stolen television. Speaking of which, this is what Black Friday's like. A Casper man is accused of ramming, elbowing, punching, and knocking down Walmart employees to get away with a stolen television until an off-duty state trooper tackled him. Thank you, off-duty state trooper. Which proves those state troopers are never truly off-duty. And by the way, if you ever see something like this in the store, you know, uh, be careful, be careful. It's a good idea in many cases to not get involved. But I've always thought if there's an opportunity to stick your foot out and trip them up or something like that, help out. Jeffrey Leon Gardner, 56 years old, faces up to 11 years in prison, $11,000 fines, convicted of injuring people while committing a robbery 
and interfering with a police officer. His case has ascended to Natrona County District Court. I just want people, not just in Wyoming, but outside of the state of Wyoming to understand we don't do that here. We don't put up with that here in Wyoming. Now, in San Francisco, uh, the mayor has encouraged people to, because of the holiday crush, get your shoplifting done early. Yes, shoplifting before the holiday's over. You know, don't wait for Black Friday to get your shoplifting done. Do it early. But here in Wyoming, we we don't put up with that. You're going to wind up in trouble if you're someone who thinks, I'm just going to pick up a TV and walk out. No, you're not. Different kind of state here. Casper Police Department officials were dispatched for a report on the disturbance according to affidavits. The officer arrived after another officer had gotten him into handcuffs. One woman said she was walking outside doors to leave the store when he rammed the suspect rammed his car into hers several times knocking the wind out of her. She looked back and figured out what was going on. She saw the suspect hitting another female employee. Wow, hitting other employees. Huh? The second female employee said she stepped in front of him to check the receipt, and he punched her at least twice, knocking her into the wall behind her. Her face hurt, the woman said. Okay, so, once again... Not the kind of behavior we put up with here in Wyoming. A third woman said she tried to step in front of him, and he spun around and hit her in the face with his left hand, dropping her to the ground. A fourth woman said she witnessed all of these attacks. Uh, That's when Corey McAllister, an off-duty Wyoming Highway Patrolman, tackled him. And again, I'll say for the record, they're never technically off-duty. He had announced that he was an officer of the law. He still refused to stop. So, bum tackle. Another Casper Police Department officer also had a brief struggle with him getting him into handcuffs. The two of them were taken to the hospital, to ladies and so on. And a review of the camera video showed the whole incident, the whole scene. So, it's a pretty good idea. This guy's going to go to jail on this. Now, let's go... Well, it gives you... An idea of the type of person that tends to be out there any time of the year, but especially during the holiday season. But where did the guy get the idea that in Wyoming he was able just to pick up a television and just walk out with it? Now, shoplifting always happens no matter where you are. There's always someone who's trying to take the opportunity. In fact, one of the reasons when you go to walk out, you ever notice Walmart greeters are greeting you when you walk in the door, but they're also walking, checking you on the way out. Basically, the Walmart greeter has turned around to say thank you as you walk out the door and check your receipts, doing what they can. And that's because of the amount of stolen goods that go out those doors every single day of any retail store, which is part of the reason why, part of the reason, that so many products cost so much because of the people who decide they're just going to take it instead. Now, I've told you stories, especially in major cities, but especially in California East Coast, where there's gangs of shoplifters. In part, the problem they have there is crime has gotten so bad, it's not worth prosecuting everything. They just can't possibly do it. And so they've decided, and they 
stupidly announced that if you rob below a certain amount of money, something's worth below a certain amount, they're not going to bother, even if they do arrest you, they're not going to bother. They probably won't arrest you. If they do arrest you, you're not going to be prosecuted because they don't have time for this. And so since the criminals know this, well, uh, it's a free-for-all at that point. And this is why many retail establishments have just closed now. What's rare to find in Wyoming, although shoplifting still does happen, it's not to the case, uh, well, to the extent that you see on the West Coast. And we don't often have anything this brutal happen in the state of Wyoming where some guy decides just to, he's leaving with the TV and he's going to start hitting anyone who tries to stop him. All right. Again, we do things a little bit differently here in the state of Wyoming, so it's good. And thank you once again to the officer who was there and stepped up. Anybody else who ever wants to stick their foot out and trip somebody up as they're heading out the door, just do us all a favor. Don't break the TV. I don't care if the shoplifter gets injured as he hits the floor. Do not break the television. Okay, That's a good television that could have gone to a good family somewhere, and that's what we need to protect. So if you can trip the guy up and catch the television on the way down, It'd be appreciated. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Seven nineteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Bit on the colder and frostier side where I am today. Don Day's up at 745 to give us our forecast. I almost said weekend forecast. We're just about, feels like that. But no, for Thanksgiving travel and so on, which so far it looks like today and tomorrow are the days that you want to travel as far as the highways in Wyoming. Now, air travel, <laughs> no delays or cancellations yet. But, you know, it's the holidays and air travel if you want to get involved in all that. But as far as the roadways, today and tomorrow, perfect as far as Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, traveling in Wyoming, sketchy, but we'll give you the details at 745. I'll have Don Day on live. All right, so here we go back to school again. I never really understand the conversation, the debate when it comes to school choice, especially when I read headlines like this. New Jersey to drop basic skills test for teachers. Now, the first story I gave you was over on the California side. And then I told you about some states over on the East Coast side that are considering doing the same thing. Well, story says one of New Jersey's main teachers union calling for the end of basic skills tests for certifying teachers. Well, it was bad enough when they drop basic skills in some California communities for kids to graduate, to get their graduation certificate, to actually graduate. They wouldn't have to take tests proving that they could actually pass anything. So what was the point of going through school? But then what happens when you drop the basic skills requirements for the teachers? The New Jersey Education Association is advocating for the demise of the, well, there's several tests uh, for educators focusing on reading, writing, and math, which are, of course, the skills that you want, right? I bet you they have to pass the social justice classes, though. The Jersey governor is signing the bill that would eliminate that requirement. The union called the test an unnecessary barrier, hindering evaluations. And well, they have a teacher shortage. We got to get people in there. 
When the Department of Education out that way adopted changes for their administrative code around teacher certification, it missed the opportunity to eliminate this requirement, they said. So now they're correcting that. Okay, so if you want to get a job as a teacher in New Jersey, pretty easy to do because, you know, certain skills like, you know, math and reading and writing and so on, don't worry. You don't have to prove that you know how to do that stuff. You're you're fine. So I'm sure the kids will be fine in the classroom, right? Okay. Then there's this headline. Student report cards have become useless. Yeah. The story says one of the generational rituals for American parents has long been anticipated or dreaded when children bring home report cards from school to be signed and returned. Students who register almost A's and B's might get an extra treat while the D's and F's, well, but in recent cases, that's been changing according to the president of Learning Heroes a nonprofit group seeking to help parents better understand their children's academic challenges. Many parents really don't understand them, how well or poorly their kids are actually performing in school. And that's in part the fault of our evolving public education system, says the story. So nearly nine out of 10 parents believe that their child is performing at grade level despite standardized testing showing fewer students are on track, according to... Well, information released by Gallup and nonprofit learning groups like Learning Heroes. Report cards, which many parents rely on for their sense of their child's progress, might be missing the whole picture, teachers say. Without that knowledge, parents may not seek opportunities for extra support. So how do you know how well your kid is doing in school? A lot of you just rely on the report card. Now, the more engaged parent tends to engage their kid to find out exactly what they're learning. The more engaged parent might also be a little disturbed by what some of the teachers are doing, which is not learning what they should be learning, but more like indoctrination in certain subjects, which is why so many people are going for homeschooling and you know private schools and charter schools. In fact, while it's not number one, I gave you guys some information a while ago that uh, homeschooling is the fastest growing style of schooling in America right now. I mean, by leaps and bounds, it's growing fast. But yeah, charter schools are having a good year and so are private schools. All right, now, it says grades are the holy grail, according to B.B. Hubbard, founder and president of Learning Heroes. They're the number one indicator that parents turn to understand what their kid is doing. Are they on grade level? What else? I would wonder, though, as as if you're a parent, what else do you rely on to know that your kids are doing okay in school? And when do you might decide that maybe my kid's not doing as well as they as I thought? And I'm looking at Learning Heroes. This is a uh, website. According to national research, there's a big gap between what parents think their children' grade levels are, plus what it actually is or what they're doing. We focus on helping you get accurate picture that you need and deserve so you can best support learning at home. And it says, and again, I'm reading from their website, our mission, the information to equip parents to best support their children's education and development uh, success, their vision, with parents as their children's learning heroes, children will excel. 
not just in school, but leading lives of opportunity. They say learning heroes is, uh, they take an active role in the child's progress and in everyday life. And then they help, basically they help the parents in knowing what to look for and how to help their kids more at home. There's several good pages here going beyond grades. So nearly 80% of parents report their kids get B's or better. Now, you know that's not true. There are three ways to team. And and, and in some cases it is, but then does the school really hand out grades that the kids actually should be getting? You know, because uh, I do know that many report cards don't really reflect what the kid actually has learned in the classroom. You know, they will skew the numbers a little bit. There's got to be a way to take a look at exactly what your kid is learning beyond the report card. And then they talk about ways to team up with teachers. And, and I'm not going to say that all... I have to, oh, I'm always trying to be careful about this. That not all public schools are bad. There are some very good public schools and there's some very good public school teachers out there. But you have to evaluate that and find out if you're actually dealing with a good school and a good teacher. They also have uh, letters to teachers, readiness check, reading roadmaps. In other words, they have ways to help your kids at home if that's what you want to do. So, yeah, this is, if you want to look this up, learningheroes.org, which I thought was a pretty good website, learningheroes.org. And it talks about how the report card that you're getting from many schools at home is, eh, you know, it's okay. For some people, it's pretty much just useless to tell them how their kids are actually doing. Okay, so you got a B in this subject, really. Do you actually understand the subject, or were they teaching to the test for that matter? Or did they give you a B, but you really didn't deserve the B, but they didn't want to flunk anyone out because they're worried about how their school is perceived? There's a lot of problems, you understand that. And then are they actually spending time in the classroom teaching what your kids should learn to be a success, or are they into indoctrination? Which indoctrination can take all sorts of different flavors. There's not just one kind of indoctrination on one particular subject. It can take all sorts of different kinds of flavors. And many teachers out there, not all, but many teachers out there, consider their role to be more of indoctrination rather than education, where they should be sticking to the curricula that the school put forward for them. And they, they really don't. They think they're on a different mission. So, okay, find that website, play with it a little bit, take a look at your kids and just ask yourself, is my kid really getting out of school what we're supposed to be getting out of school for this kid? Are they going to walk away with the basic skills that are going to help them later in life? If not, then where do I go to fix that? All right, we're coming up on some Milo and Ford Danger. What they are saying is teachers don't want to do their job. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, that's news time. Weather forecast right after that. 7.45, Don Day and I are going to talk in detail about your travel forecast for today, tomorrow, Thursday, and through the weekend. There's a little bit of a concern on Thanksgiving Day. We'll get into, as we get closer to the day itself, he's got more details. So we'll talk about that. It's Wake Up Wyoming.
Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thirty-six to time. Wake up, Wyoming. Okay, interesting question. This is just throwing out all of the news topics for me because I thought actually, it's an interesting question. So when people text me on the Wake Up Wyoming app, which you can do, just download the app at the App Store and it's free and it has all sorts of options. This show becomes a podcast. There's news, weather, and sports alerts if you want them. But also there's a chat option when I'm on the air. People send me text messages and I answer them both on and off the air, I answer them. So this one, people give themselves also, they can tell me their real name or they can go ahead and, and make up something. So this is Scaredy Cat. S-K-A-R-E-D-K-A-T-T. Scaredy Cat from Casper. So the question actually is kind of fun and interesting to me anyway. We'll see if you like it. Good morning. We love to hear about your choices for bumper music, which you use on your show. Do you choose the music? Who are the bands? Do you know them? Or is it your bands? I don't have a band. So I wish I did, but I don't never really got into there's so many things I'm doing with my life as much as I would like to pursue music. I don't have time for all that, so I don't have a band. Now there's a problem with this station being a podcast, which is one of the reasons you hear the music that you do. See, this station is this show that you're listening to is on multiple radio stations. And each of those radio stations pays ASCAP, which is a company, that collects royalties to go to whatever band I might be playing. So that's typical when you hear music on a talk show that the music that they're playing still have to pay royalties on it. Any music to a radio station... ASCAP is one of the companies that collects royalties to go to the music the radio station plays. So it's not free to the radio station. They still have to pay for the music every time they play it. Problem. In order to make this program a podcast, we have to pay again. Well, we just paid for all of that. All of the radio stations did. We have to pay again in order to be a podcast? And what they want was kind of pricey. No, we're not doing that. So I asked, can we find some place where we can get music to play? Is there a service out there that provides royalty-free music? Well, yeah, there are several. And not just for this radio program, but the company's Town Square Media that carries this program. And they have radio stations all over the country. And for production, for commercials, things like that, they like to have royalty-free music that they can use to produce commercials and other such things. So you haven't heard of these bands. The music is produced. Some of the bands you might have heard of, but they're more obscure, and they sold their rights on a one-time deal to provide royalty-free music. So this is a website that is filled with music all kinds of music and the ones they provided to the website they provided to me is actually really good i i surf through it every so often going this is good stuff i like this and so i go selecting just and i'm using two metrics at the same time what appeals to me 
but also what I think would appeal to you because the bumper music is just to help lead in and out of commercial breaks. So I'm trying to select music that fits what I hope would be the mood, if you will, or or more represents not just this market, the lifestyle of the people here, that kind of stuff. So I'm just looking for a little bit of the music. I don't even play the whole thing. I just select a little piece of different tunes that are out there that I can download absolutely free. I like that. I like this. I like the other one. And I think you might too. And so there's a computer here off to my side that carries our commercials and everything else. And the music gets dumped into there. And it just mixes it up and rotates it. So now here's the part that to me is very interesting the way it works today. Again, I hope this is to you. So there are two commercial breaks an hour, the quarter hours, quarter after and quarter till. In order to start the commercial break, I have to reach over and push a button. Ooh. And then the computer plays the commercial break. But top and bottom of the hour, well, that happens automatically. And that's why you hear me sometimes rushing the guest. Okay, I'm sorry, we're about to get cut off by the news. That's when local radio stations that carry this show are about to play their local news. And we got, I have to be on time. To make sure I'm on time, the computer just starts to play the music underneath me. And when I hear that music, I know, uh uh-oh, I'm about to get cut off. And I can look over at the clock and say, okay, 60 seconds, I'm going to get cut off. And the music plays right up until exactly the top or bottom of the hour. And then it cuts me off and plays news. That's called a hard break in the business. That happens automatically. So there, that's where all of that comes from and the magic behind the scenes. 742, wake up. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day of Day Weather. So, bit frosty out there this morning, Don. It is cold uh, after that chilly day yesterday, but yeah. you know there's a lot of clear skies out there, and yeah. we're going to go through today and tomorrow with some pretty nice November weather. Okay, good travel weather, and I do notice. Yeah, you know it's a little breezy on the eastern side of the state, but nothing horrible is happening out there. It's just November. Okay, now uh, theoretically tomorrow's the same way, right? Yeah, even warmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can get away today, if you can get away tomorrow, uh, in any direction you go, the weather is the next 48 hours continues to be very good before those changes we've been talking about start to move in. Okay, so that's where people get up early on Thanksgiving. And if they want to travel locally, that's where I guess timing is everything? Timing is everything mm-hmm. and where you are is everything. Okay. Uh, the National Weather Service has posted winter storm watches for the central, the north central, the east central, and the northwest corners of the state. So from Casper to Lander to Cody to Warland to Powell to Sheridan to Gillette, uh, down over to the Luskin-Douglas area, down all the way to Torrington. That's where the watches are in effect. And these begin late tomorrow night. But the main event starts Thursday. As we talked yesterday, Glenn, the snow is going to come in from the north. So the first part of the state that gets the winter weather will be the north, Later in the day, on Thanksgiving Day, it, it will be moving into the central counties of the state around Casper. It's going to get last to Laramie and Cheyenne probably late Thursday afternoon and evening. So there's that north to south gradient. But I will tell you that the weather will deteriorate 
pretty quickly during the day on Thursday. And really, the only chance on Thursday where you could travel and not run into anything is if you're driving at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. so it, it's coming in on Thursday and just gradually gets worse, especially after dark Thursday. Then there's that little problem we discussed that if you really wanted to drive home safe, you're going to have to unfortunately stay with relatives. <laughs> Yes, of course, that could be just as dangerous. Yeah, that could be, yeah, yeah. But well, Sunday doesn't look bad. Well, the good news is the worst travel weather is Thursday, Friday. I do think that we're still going to have some icy roads and highways into Saturday morning. Late Saturday, Saturday night, and Sunday, it is going to be very cold. However, the snow will be done. So there still could be some icy conditions, things to watch out for, but the weather does improve for the back end of the holiday travel period. So really, it's it's the middle. Right. Today and tomorrow, great for travel. Thursday, Friday into early Saturday, not so much. Then gets better at the end. Okay. We'll update everybody tomorrow. Thank you, Don. So. Don Day with Day Weather. So, okay, well, that's just where it's a good idea. As I was saying yesterday, and he was saying, get the travel out of the way and try not to do it on Thursday if you can, because that's just really sketchy. So, all right, head on over to Laramie to talk to David Settle about sports, because I mean, there, there's a lot coming up sports-wise on Thanksgiving. Do you have your games all lined up? Uh, it helps if I actually turn the mic on. Oh, yeah, that would help, too. Yeah, so Thursday, yeah, yeah. you turn on the television and just leave football on all day, right? Yes, pretty okay. much. Now, yeah. so do you have any particular games you're going to be watching, or do you just need it on? Well, yeah, just kind of on in the background because I like that. I mean, there, like I said, there's gonna there's a couple college football games. There's going to be some college basketball going on, but the NFL is kind of the big thing on Thursday, and you have the two teams that typically play on Thanksgiving every year, the Lions at home in Detroit and the Cowboys at home in Dallas. And so uh, you got the Packers and Lions in the first game, and then you've got uh, the the uh, Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys in the second game. And then, oh gosh, it's probably been now, has it been almost 10 years now? I think they added the third game on Thursday night, and that's the 49ers at the Seahawks. And this year, they actually have the first time ever the NFL will have a Black Friday game I'll have it on Friday the 24th, and that's the Dolphins at the Jets. Okay, so now are all these on different channels, or can you just lock it yeah, in and stay? So, so Packers and Lions it will be on one channel. Uh, I think they're on CBS, and then I want to say Commanders-Cowboys is on um, Fox, and I think the Niners and Seahawks, I'm not... A, uh, I'm trying to remember if that is... I think they're on NBC. Okay. There so was... they, they are all on different channels at different times in yeah. the day. Okay. So, like, the Lions will have the first game that starts, I want to say, at 10.30 Mountain Time Thursday. Then the Cowboys and Commanders play at, like, 2.30. Right. And then the night game is at about 5.30, 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Okay. So, you so don't have to pick play. and choose games. You can actually catch them all. Yeah. And you just have to flip the channel once, and you could have it on basically from about 10 a.m. all the way till probably 9 o'clock Thanksgiving yeah. night. And like I said, there's going to be some other things that there are other things in the sports world that will be going on. Uh, like you'll, you'll have a, there's a couple of college football games on Thursday. There'll be a sprinkling of college basketball games on Thursday. Nothing that involves anybody in the area, uh, but uh, just you know, in case you want to diversify something, yeah, yeah. Uh, you just know, expand your horizons like just a little yeah. bit there. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Just a little bit. All right, uh, speaking of college football, the Wyoming Cowboys don't play till Saturday. 
and they wrap up the regular season at Nevada. It's a 7 p.m. kickoff mountain time from Reno. 5.30 broadcast. We'll have it for you on K2 and Casper, KWB and Laramie. Cowboys coming off that big win over Hawaii last week. But as head coach Craig Bold told the media on Monday, there's a hunger in our guys that they want to prove that they can win on the road. You know, we're unbelievable at home. And that's, you know, that's great. I mean, and we're not minimizing that to go 7-0. and But, you know, there's got to be something that we have to overcome to go ahead and, and, and zero out some of the things that uh, maybe distractions are not customary and go out and really play well. And, you know, I thought for a while against Air Force, we played well, but it's going to be important that we start fast and put that behind us. And like you said, while there's not tons of history between us and Nevada, they are a Mountain West team. And uh, I know they'll be competitive and they'll, Coach Wilson will do a good job with them and they'll be ready to go. Again, that is a 7 p.m. start on Saturday in Reno as the Cowboys try and get to eight wins. And that eight wins could improve where they might be going bowling here in 2023. They're already bowl eligible. Now, speaking of the Cowboys, they got a big commitment via social media yesterday as Alex Haswell, a unanimous first-team All-State selection on the offensive line and the lineman of the year in Class 4A from Sheridan High School, verbally committed to Cowboy football yesterday. Speaking of which, wildpreps.com and the Wild Preps app, you can find all of this year's All-State and All-Conference football players in Class 4A. Eight Chinese players were honored. Brendan Bowman, Colby Dirks, Camden Hayes, Drew Jackson, Renton Jensen, Nathan Marich, Colby Olson, Caleb Ruff. One player from Cheyenne South, Keelan Anderson. He was the unanimous pick as the kicking specialist. Four players from Cheyenne Central, Bryson Bailey, Mason Countermyers, Horwall, and Colton Prindle. Four from Natrona County, Timothy Edmondson, Bo Russell, Noah Sides, Danny Yates. One from Kelly Walsh, Caden Boyce. They were named All-State. Sheridan also tied for the most with Cheyenne's with eight first-team All-State selections in 4A. The uh, Douglas Bearcats had eight or had uh, three selections that earned All-State in 3A. Carter Archuleta, Trey Wren, and Tegan Seeds, while Vaughn Pearson of KC was an All-State performer in the six-man division. Find all the All-State and All-Conference selections at wildpreps.com and on the Wild Preps app. And finally, don't forget, Cowgirl Basketball hosting Shadron State College 11 a.m. today at the Arena Auditorium. Why a day game? They invite a bunch of area elementary schools to attend. They had over 5,000 kids at the AA last year. 11 a.m. is the tip-off. Cowgirls 2-2, two two, Shadron State 2-1. They've never lost to the Eagles 13-0 all-time. And we'll have that one at 10.30 this morning on KOWB and Laramie. That's your sports this hour. Wow, 5,000 showed up, huh? Yeah, last year. So oh, wow. uh, the decibel level of young screaming children uh -huh. goes way up yeah. than usual in that place. Earplugs, necessary. That's why I'll be wearing headphones. Yeah, all right. Hey, I got noise-canceling headphones if you want to borrow them. Uh, not when I'm doing the broadcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, thank you, Dave. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that and get into open phones, too. 888 woods will be the phone number, 888-97-WOODS. Coming up on news time, Wake Up Wyoming. the time it's wake up wyoming it is officially a tuesday but actually we're considering this to be like a thursday and tomorrow's friday because 
Thursday will be Saturday, which is a holiday. See how it screws up your week? Yeah, okay, just kind of roll with it. We'll get into open phones in just a second. First off, Dave in Torrington, way to go. You already have my brain writing the script here. Dave in Torrington wanted to know if before Christmas, I could write and produce a social justice warrior where he inadvertently saves Christmas. Brilliant idea, Dave. Brilliant idea. So, uh, yeah, it's already kind of working in my head. I'll write the script up and get everybody to sort of voice the thing. Uh, Fire Pit Paul, if you're listening, I'm going to need you for this one. Because uh, you got to play, yeah, I, obviously the, the Santa Claus part. But not exactly Santa Claus, but you are, but you're not. Right. You, you'll get it when I get you the script. But that's a good idea. So I'll put that together. Okay, so the most dangerous portion of this program every single day is open phones. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. And by the way, that wasn't the Dave from Torrington. Most Daves are really decent people. Just that one from San Francisco. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Let me go ahead and give you an advance how this is going to be misreported. It's a story from Wyoming Public Media, so we're already off on a bad track here, right? And it says more homes being built in wildfire-prone areas in the Mountain West. Okay, well I, that's true. A new study shows grassland fires burn. Uh, more land to destroy more homes and forest fires. Yet more homes are being built in these fire-prone areas across the nation. The wild and urban interfaces where wild vegetation like grasses and shrubs and so on collide with human beings. The, the whole area has rose about 60, uh, 6% between 2010 and 2020, according to this study. During that span, Mountain West saw a significant amount of housing growth and that includes Utah, Nevada, North Dakota, Texas, but also here in Wyoming as well. Wyoming in grassland areas saw about a 5% growth in housing. So, yeah, all over. Now, where they will end up misreporting this. Uh, here we go. Here we go. They have to put it in the story. It's being exasperated not just by climate change, but by human ignition. They have to throw that in there, don't they? So as more people move into grassland areas and build their homes, more homes will be burned down. And then they will use those numbers to say, you see more homes being burned down by climate change. Now, I know this in part is the case because let's take a look at damage done in Tornado Alley. Here in the United States, more and more people have moved into what we call Tornado Alley where a lot of tornadoes happen. Now, when you actually look at the numbers, sorry, climate activists, the numbers actually show we are not having more tornadoes than ever before. They're not bigger and more intense. Tornado activity has actually, over the past decade or so, decreased a bit. Despite what you've been told, it's actually decreased a bit, not increased. Okay, well, why are we having more damage then? 
because more people are building entire communities right up smack the middle of Tornado Alley. That's why. If so many people weren't building there, we wouldn't have so much damage done. Hurricanes. They love touting, look how much damage hurricanes do. Why, it's never been so expensive. Thus proving, they say, there's more hurricanes than ever before. And the hurricanes we do have are more intense than ever Actually, I hate to disappoint you, but if you look at the numbers, which I have multiple times, there's not more hurricanes. There's actually been fewer over the past decade or so. And we're not having more intense hurricanes. Every so often, we have a big bad one. But for the most part, we don't. Hurricanes have not been more in frequency, and they're not more intense. What has happened is more people than ever before are living in hurricane zones. So, for example, when I, as a kid, my family originally from New Jersey, I moved down when I was still in kindergarten. Kindergarten? No, first grade. First grade, I moved to uh, Sanibel Island, Florida. And so I've been living in Florida since then. When we moved to Florida as a family, I think there were about 4 million people in Florida. Let's see. I want to get the latest number here. Uh, Okay, here we go. Population of Florida, 21.78 million. Wow. It's quite a bump up there in growth. Now, hurricanes hit Florida. They do. you You look at what Florida is, it's right in the middle of a hurricane zone. Hurricanes crisscross Florida all the time. So are we getting more hurricanes than ever before? No. Are they more intense? No. But we have so many more people living in hurricane zones. And so when the storms hit, more damage is done, more property damage. So it makes it look really bad. Now, the good news is when it comes to damage done by hurricanes is we've learned how to build homes that are hurricane resistant for the most part. Depends on where they put the home, too. But a lot of homes can stand up to hurricanes these days. But still... Much damage is done. A lot of damage is done because so many people want to live right up on the waterway, right in the middle of a hurricane zone. So when I saw the story from Wyoming Public Media that said, well, more people are moving into grasslands, that's true. They're absolutely correct. Even here in Wyoming, you can see it yourself. Look around. I can name a lot of different places, but look around Cheyenne for you people living in Cheyenne. Your town is expanding it's expanding out into the grasslands. Well, Cheyenne was built in grasslands, but when you take a look at it, you notice how people keep building farther and farther out, more and more communities around Cheyenne, farther and farther out into the grasslands. Cheyenne's not the only one. There's other places as well. So it is true. More homes than ever before in grassland areas. If we just pick Wyoming, but we can go down to Colorado as an example and do the same thing. Now, have wildfires increased Are we having more wildfires than ever before? Look, some years are bad wildfire years, and other years are not so bad wildfire years. Like this past year here, very little happened in our area. Very little happened Uh, because it was a much wetter year. So there's good years and bad years. Overall, though, when you look at the trend over a long period of time, no, we're not having more wildfires. They're not more intense than ever before. But because more people have moved into a wildfire-prone area, more houses will be burned down, 
and that will be blamed not on human beings moving into wildfire-prone areas, but on climate change. Because you're driving that damn SUV, and Wyoming burns coal or something like that. 815, wake up Wyoming. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. All right, 819 is the time, almost 820. 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So yesterday I told you I was going to write up Something on another, since I was just picking on Wyoming public media, I'll pick on them again. It's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. I'm sort of just, you know, taking it easy these past couple of days. Why why bother to work to my fullest effort? We got a holiday coming up, right? Most everybody's goofing off at work anyway. I might as well. So I'll do it by picking on Wyoming public media. So they put up a story yesterday where they were just so confused. Well, the Biden administration has spent billions of dollars in states like Wyoming. And yet, according to the story, well, Wyoming is no more in favor of Biden than ever before. In fact, distaste, disdain for Biden is down big time. They love Trump more than ever before in Wyoming. What the hell's going on? They just don't get it. But he spent so much money here on such wonderful things. So I wrote a response article. Now, you can look at this article on the Wake Up Wyoming site. It's not just a response. It includes the link to the original article by Wyoming Public Media. Now, here's a couple of excerpts. Not the whole thing. Wyoming Public Media wrote, Federal officials have already directed more than $50 billion to the Mountain Southwest infrastructure on climate technology projects, residents either aren't noticing or don't care. Many Republicans support rebuilding roads and bridges. They haven't swayed from their support in Donald Trump. Agricultural Secretary discussed investments of broadband internet. Environmental Protection Agency visited Wyoming to learn about carbon capture. Energy Secretary highlighted the nation's improving electric grid and clean energy. One study found that Wyoming could get up to $7 billion in federal money for climate provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act. That's about $12,000 for every state resident. So why is it that we just don't like Biden? They don't get it at Wyoming Public Media. So I answered them and sent this article that I'm about to read to, to them, although I doubt it'll make a dent in their opinion, but here we go. Wyomingites, I wrote, make, uh, might take advantage of the money that's handed to them for roads and bridges, but they don't like where the money's coming from. The money the Biden administration is sending the state is borrowed from future generations. The nation is already over $33 trillion in debt. Trillions more have been borrowed since Biden has taken office. That is not sustainable. And it's one of their favorite words, by the way, sustainable. There's no way that's even close to sustainable. You know, we're having trouble right now. We are borrowing money to pay off the interest on our debt. Imagine that your credit card debt is so bad that you have to borrow money from other credit card companies just to pay the interest on your credit card debt. 
you're not even close to paying down the principal. Now, what does that do to you, financially speaking? What a mess. Dave Ramsey's head explodes when he thinks about it. I went on to write, President Biden admitted in his own words that the Inflation Reduction Act had nothing to do with reducing inflation. It was actually a climate change bill, so the title was a lie by his own admission. Despite what our governor might say, the bulk of Wyoming does not want to get involved in carbon sequestration. It's a waste of time, money, and resources. It will do nothing to stop a climate from doing what it's always done, naturally change. The wind and solar projects have been proven to be the opposite of everything that they promised you. They're not clean. They're not green. They're not sustainable. They're far from reliable and certainly not affordable. When the wind and solar projects come to Wyoming, our electricity production becomes less reliable and more expensive. So we're not happy for that. Even though, well, why aren't you happy about it? We don't want these things. They're expensive. They make everything more expensive. And they don't, prom- they don't deliver on any of the promises made. Broadband internet is a project that should be left to the private sector. The government should not spend a cent on it. Biden administration has pushed since day one to close the very industries that are the backbone of this state. Coal, gas, oil, ranching, and a whole lot more. By his own admission, Biden started his campaign by saying he wanted to shut these things down. And he's been actively trying to do so, which not only costs us jobs, but makes our, well, it causes inflation and makes our energy grid less reliable on every level, on and on it goes. So it's no great wonder why President Biden's not very popular in the state. I could go on, but you think you get the idea. Dumping billions of national debt into Wyoming on projects that not only hurt the state, but also at the same time while trying to shut down the very industries that make Wyoming, will not win over the Wyoming voter. So that was my response to Wyoming public media when they were just so confused about why he spent billions in the state. Why don't you guys like him? Well, and I should have, and I still could, put into the article, by the way, the man needs to be in jail, should have been thrown in jail a long time ago, before he ever became president. So there's more reasons not to like the guy. All right. Oh, oh I have to put this in, because I didn't put it in, but I'll put this in. And he's anti-gun. Oh, I've got to go back and throw that in there. He's also anti-gun. Wyoming's very pro-gun. So there's a lot of things about we didn't like him when it came to how he handled COVID. Didn't like that one at all. So there's many things to not like about Biden. And I've been going over this for, well, since before, long before he was president, I used to pick on Biden. Because he was, again, low-hanging fruit, easy to pick on. So Wyoming public media writes a story where they just don't get you if you're someone who's not in favor of Biden. And for the number of you out there who voted for Trump and still want to vote for Trump, they scratch their heads and go, I don't understand why. But he gave you so much money. That's not the point. And you can keep the money, by the way. Again, look, federal government comes in and offers money to build, help build roads and bridges and so on. Uh, we don't, that's where Wyoming residents don't like where it comes from. But the road and bridge and so on needs to be built, so they go ahead and take the money and do it. Yeah, But do you think that actually changes somebody's opinion? 
RH in Wiggins, Colorado, Glenn, the government, quote, giving us money is as absurd as a friend using your own credit card to buy you a gift, then leaving you with a credit card bill and interest. Exactly right. RH, you just nailed it. Now, think about that. I'm going to go take your credit card. I'm going to run you into debt to buy you presents, and then I'm going to stick you with the bill and all the interest rates. And I'm supposed to thank you're supposed to thank me for that. What a great friend I am. So, yeah, the government does borrow from future generations, putting us massively in debt. And we're supposed to thank him for that. Biden administration actively involved in trying to shut down major industries that built this entire region. And we're supposed to thank him for that. And actively giving us uh, energy sources, as one example, that's far less reliable, not clean, not green, not sustainable, not affordable. And we're supposed to thank him for that. And we, we tell him we don't want this stuff, but they do it anyway at our expense. And we're supposed to thank him for that. So, RH, that was so good, I'm going to read it again. The government giving us money is as absurd as a friend using your own credit card to buy you a gift, then leaving you with the credit card bill and interest. Beautifully put. Thank you for that. I might actually go back and include that in the article, too. Flying Devil Dog and Casper, if people started using uh, building their homes, okay, we less far. Oh, okay. The hemp product, I'll have to learn a little bit more about that. Better insulation and so on. I'll learn a little bit more about that flying devil dog and maybe talk about that on the air. All right, coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast after that. You and I get back into it. Nice long segment of Open Phones. Wake up, Wyoming. He's talking to himself in a padded room, and you could be the voice in his head. Join the conversation on Wake Up Wyoming, 866-97-WOODS. I'm 36 at time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, uh, hey, you in Marbleton. This is, I think this is good. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, as far as the credit card thing goes, I like this. In RH, I'm gonna. I just added this to the article, but I'm gonna read it again. RH, uh, government giving us money is absurd. As your friend using your own credit card to buy you a gift and leaving you with the credit card bill and interest. Hey, you in Marbleton says not your friend, but your mother-in-law. <laughs> so off we go to talk to Micah and Cheyenne. Hello, Micah. Oh, poor mother-in-laws. They always get the brunt in. (laughs) Um, Back to what you were talking about with everybody moving into hurricane places and everything. And it's because people don't have that many more places to go if they like a particular area for climate or views or whatever. But, you know, that also extends then into the problem that we're having at the border and another Biden problem. You know, the the government has a certain amount of people that they 
deem from time to time is the maximum that we should allow for immigration. And it's because of sustainability for what we can actually afford to accommodate. And now we've got millions more way above that um, of people coming in that also have to be fed and housed and, you know, given jobs, this, that. I mean, the whole thing is like a domino effect. So, you know, for as much as we bitch and rant and rave about things, you know, the, the people who are, you know, and it's not that I don't want people to find a better place, mm. but, you know, you got to be realistic because if you try to make one place utopia for everybody, yeah. then everybody's quality goes down the tube. Well, and I'll give you a, a, a few examples on what you're saying. First, I have one from Chicago, the new, the latest illegal immigrant plan in Chicago. If somebody shows up as an illegal immigrant, they have 60 days to get off the government dole or you're out of here. Nice. Yeah, that's probably one way to do it. But it also reminds me of you know the islands I grew up on. Captiva Island, which is a very small, thin little island, they just went ahead and let growth happen, just whatever. And what used to be almost all jungle is now zero property line. The homes are beautiful, but, I mean, it's just right. jam-packed on the island. And I look at it and thought, well, too bad they couldn't have preserved some of what it used to be. Sanibel Island, which is a much bigger island, put a building moratorium on and said, that's it. We have reached maximum growth. So if somebody wants to build something new, something else is coming down. We're not doing any more. And they have preserved the, the only downside to that, Mike, is property values. Dear, Gord, dear, dear Lord, try to buy the home where I grew up on Sanibel. And it, it's... Well, that's yeah. true. And... As you know, I am very familiar with Santa Bell because my first trip there, it was only the cottages. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, to see that. But, you know, that's a prime example. You had said that when you moved there, there were 4 million people. Now there's 21 million. Yes. I mean, you know, anybody can sit back and and start figuring things out, Mm -hmm. you know, and not everybody's going to get a huge paycheck because there's also a limited amount of money if the government stops printing it. Right. Willy nilly. Well, that's you a know, little bit I different, mean, though. That's not. That's not. No, anybody can create as much wealth as they want. Uh, money and wealth are two different things. Money is what we use to trade the wealth with, that we create. So you can create as much wealth as you want and get as rich as you want, and then they'll make the money. To, the problem is they're printing more money than stuff that we've created, and that devalues the know, money. People, people will also complain about the fact that we've got you know, all of this new way of farming that Mm -hmm. entails this or that instead of just the natural let it grow and everything. Well, take Sanibel Island, for instance. You know, if you spike up from 4 million to 21 million, where the hell are you going to plant all the you know, traditionally farmed produce and everything. There's another good point. Florida, a lot of people don't know this, used to be the biggest cattle producing state in the nation and used to have more orange groves and sugar cane than anywhere else in the nation. But as the population of Florida has grown, we're getting, they're getting close to 22 million. There's still a lot of open land in Florida that does cattle and does all sorts of other farming. There's massive amounts of farmland available in Florida, but it has shrunk quite a bit. And while there are still orange groves out there, it's not what it used to be. Cattle still run, but it's not what it used to be. And you're right, at some point, 
where are we going to go to grow this stuff? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that was my little topic, but it, it is interesting, and, and we just don't yeah. really look at the effect. I mean, I'm, I'm all for helping people, but sure. we've got to be realistic, too. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Well, now, if you wanted what that what started all of that is there's a article that I was reading, Wyoming Public Media, talks about folks that are moving into grassland areas. Grassland areas are actually more prone to fire a lot more than forest areas. So when the grasslands catch on fire, more homes burn down. And my argument was, and they already did it in the article, and as more people move into fire-prone areas and more homes burn down, they won't blame people moving into fire-prone areas. They'll blame climate change. Just like as more people move to Florida, now coming getting close to 22 million in Florida, and so there's more damage from hurricanes. Well, we're having more hurricanes. No, we're not. More people live in a hurricane zone. More homes are being destroyed by tornadoes. We must be having more tornadoes. No, we're not. More people moved into Tornado Alley. R.H. in Wiggins, Colorado. Hey, Glenn, uh, referencing immigration. Is anybody acknowledging the fact that census counts to determine the number of political representatives needed? We have talked about that. Based on immigration, yeah, we have addressed that as well. Okay, so to Micah's point about people moving into the country... We can absorb a lot more people into the nation. But I think, Micah, you're right about the pace that we absorb people in. Because we can only handle so much at a certain rate. But also, what we intend to do when someone moves. Let's go back to what I had mentioned before when it comes to immigration. The way every country has this, but America has abandoned it. What we used to have is a system that if someone wanted to come to this country, that's fine. Please come to this country. You're welcome. And it doesn't matter your race, your religion, whatever. Lack of religion, doesn't matter. Here's what we want. We're going to test to make sure you don't have some disease that we're not used to. Because that could devastate us. We're going to make sure that you have a means to support yourself because we don't want you on the government dole. Okay. You need to take care of yourself, not to be a burden on the rest of society. And, oh, we're going to check your criminal background to make sure you're a good person. Right now, though, anybody can just come into the country from anywhere in the world, and that's what's happening. And because of that, we're being overwhelmed, overrun. Which is part of the reason why, when you take a look at a city, let's pick Chicago, for example. They declare themselves a sanctuary city. So they were going to take care of illegal immigrants as they came in provide housing and food and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And right away, they found themselves financially overwhelmed. New York City, which was already in financial trouble as it was, so was Chicago, they're finding themselves beyond bankrupt trying to take care of all of that. They, they can't provide basic services anymore. And these people are bringing disease and crime and running the city's broke, which is why we used to have a filtering system. We only allowed so many people in a year and we had to check them out to make sure they were disease-free, crime-free, and had a means of supporting themselves. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Start your day the right way. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 848 is the time off. We go to talk to David Settles in Laramie about sports. So, okay, thanks to our friend down the hallway from me, Drew Carey, 
we now have the sink the six drinking phases of a successful Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. Oh, so, boy. so you start off by, and there's a game plan for this. Uh, you wake up early in the morning. There, you have your eye opener. Okay. Okay. Is that that's like a Bloody Mary in the morning. You're, yeah, you're prepping. You're Bloody Mary. That's good. That's healthy. That's got healthy stuff in it. So oh, you got your vegetables milk. there in the morning. Okay, yeah. that's okay. Okay. And now you got to warm up a little bit with like a cocktail brunch with your friends. Okay. He suggests uh, sangria, mint julep, something like that. Right. Okay. okay. And the pregame kickoff drinks. Now there's a problem with that because there's a lot of pregame kickoffs stuff going on, right? Right, right, right. Okay, right. so for every single game, you're going to have to have a drink to start the game. All right. If you want to do a drinking game during the game, you know, then uh, good luck with that. You'll probably not make it to dinner. Uh, Pre-dinner time cocktails, okay. Then you have to have your mealtime drink. And then after dinner, you relax by having another drink. And there you go. <laughs> Yeah, you're piling on all kinds of layers. I would think so, all kinds. Oh, man. I guess if you mix it with food, you'll last longer, but really, and I guess you also need this to sort of tolerate family. I'm I'm going out on the limb there, right? Not always, but it depends upon your family and how well you like them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because because if you got family that you don't like, then you're going to have to have a pre-family drink, like before you go out and talk to them. You know, you might want to. Uh, yeah, okay. And then don't you have a nightcap before you go to bed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There are some people who do. There's a lot of people who do Wh- that. Which would mean there's a, a whole nother meaning to Black Friday. Now this is more like Blackout <laughs> Friday. I'm going to have to tell him this, that this is, he's now yeah, described no Blackout Friday. Exactly. And then and then Detox Saturday. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, okay. good. just kind of making good. this up as I go along. I yeah, just, I don't long. know. I, I don't really drink at all. Okay, but yeah, I that's do, okay. But I'm, I'm I do like to have drink. after I have my pie. I gotta have. Well, I gotta have coffee with my pie. That's okay. about it. All right, I understand that. All right, thank you very much, Glenn. Let's talk a little uh, basketball. After uh, being on the road for their last two, the Wyoming Cowgirls are back at home today at the Arena Auditorium in Laramie, taking on the Shadron State College Eagles in Education Day. Why is it named Education Day? Because the Cowgirls invite a bunch of area elementary schools to the game. Last year, they had over 5,000 kids in attendance. A couple years ago, it was over 3,300. We'll see what type of audience they get today. Uh, Travel will actually be nicely. It's sunny and clear here in Laramie right now. But the Cowgirls coming in at 2-2. Chadron State is 2-1. and one. The Cowgirls have never lost to the Eagles in women's college basketball, 13-0 all-time. All the meetings have been here in Laramie, and the average margin of victory for the Cowgirls, nearly 30 points per game. Again, it's an 11 a.m. tip-off at the Arena Auditorium, and Laramie Cowgirls trying to bounce back after losing their last contest on the road at Gonzaga last Saturday. Uh, so looking forward to that one. You can actually listen to it on KUWB and Laramie. Coverage starts at 10.30 this morning. Speaking of basketball, in the junior college ranks on the women's side, the LCCC women wrapped up a six-game road trip. They lost both games on Friday at Utah State Eastern, 63-32, to and then lost to Snow College on Saturday, 67-48. They're 2-4 and four on the season. The Casper College women, they won both their games to get to 3-2 and two on the season. They beat uh, Northeastern Junior College last Friday in overtime, 79-73, and beat the Wyoming All-Stars Saturday, 76-42. On the men's side, the LCCC men, who are 3-2, and two, did not play this past weekend. Well, the Casper men, uh, Casper College men split. 
They lost to Snow College on Friday, 88-74, but beat Colorado Northwestern Community College 104-91. The Casper men 4-4 four four on the season. Uh, Casper will host a little tournament Friday, Saturday at uh, Thunderbird Gymnasium. And LCCC men have a tournament coming up this Thanksgiving weekend as well. On to football with the Wyoming Cowboys. 7-4 on the season, 4-3 in the Mount West. Go on the road to play at Nevada on Saturday. It's a 7 p.m. kickoff. And Nevada comes in 2-9 and nine overall, 2-5. and five. Can the Cowboys finally win on the road? That's the big question. They haven't won on the road this year. Coach, head coach Craig Bowles said there's a hunger our guys have that they want to prove they can win on the road. You know, we're unbelievable at home. And that's, you know, that's great. I mean, it, and we're not minimizing that to go 7-0. and oh, But, you know, there's got to be something that we have to overcome to go ahead and, and, and zero out some of the things that uh, maybe distractions are not customary and go out and really play well. And we'll see if the Cowboys can do that again. It's a 7 p.m. kickoff, and uh, coverage starts at 5.30 on K2 and Casper and KOWB and Laramie. And that is your sports this hour. I will talk to you on the road from the Arena Auditorium in an hour. Okay, now, uh, here's the thing. I'm getting mixed reviews on how people think the Cowboys are going to do. I can't uh, blame them because they're going on the road, and they're 0-4 on the road this year. Okay, all right. Thank you, Dave. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. You know, roll into news time after that national, local update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six of the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. The phone number. You can interrupt me. Change the subject if you want. That's fine. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. Or text me on the Wake Up Wyoming app by hitting the chat option. Okay. Uh, stop the music real quick here. I was just listening to how many people are traveling right now, and tomorrow will be even more. Not just between the airplane flights cross country, but most people will be driving cross-country. This has got to be driving the cult of climate change absolutely nuts. Air travel, all of these cars out, all of these cars out on the road. Wow. Yeah, this is, wow, this has got to be driving them crazy. They want you just to stay home for the holidays. And then not celebrate the holidays while you're there as well, because holidays like this just destroys the planet. But if you're going to have a Thanksgiving. For God's sakes, don't kill an actual turkey. On today's special holiday episode of Raw Vegan Cooking, I'll be showing you how to prepare a raw vegan holiday turkey so you can enjoy your holiday meal just like normal people while still being better than them. Our turkey prep involves assembling our turkey out of mouth-watering raw vegan ingredients. If nature didn't screw up by making turkeys out of turkey meat, it would have wisely made turkeys out of tofu. It's a hormone-disrupting delight that embodies the word plain in exquisite detail. So 
we'll pick up the slack and improve on Mother Nature's stupid ways by using tofu to incarnate our turkey into this world. For the neck, we'll use a carrot. They're always effective cervical substitutes. We'll use a tomato as a substitute for the turkey head, and we'll use the inside of the tomato as a substitute for the brain. For the beak, we'll use the ace up the plant kingdom's anti-inflammatory sleeve. Ginger. Sliced. Turkey legs are everyone's favorite, but because tofu doesn't have legs, we'll substitute in broccoli drumsticks. Wooden skewers make excellent hip socket substitutes. We'll use kale for wings, just like normal turkeys will have once they evolve out of the filthy animal kingdom into the plant kingdom. Hashtag vegan. And an assortment of rosemary and dill picked fresh from my garden will make excellent feathers. Now we have our turkey. Yeah. You go ahead and enjoy that. And as as for PETA out there, I have the same message for PETA every single year. Mommy, why is Thanksgiving your favorite holiday? Oh, because Thanksgiving is when America comes together to show what the American spirit is all about. All across the nation, people kill animals (laughs) and eat them. Waving giant middle fingers at PETA. So, I I don't understand. I mean, what, what is... What, you what is- see, real Americans don't like to be told what to do by a bunch of tofu-eating hippies. Yeah, but, but... So, we take a goose or a pig or a big bird like this turkey... Yeah, but, and we stuff it full of stuffing like this. But, but, then we shove it in a hot oven like so. But, Mom, I mean, shouldn't you kill the bird dead before you did all that? Oh, honey... Your father and I like our meat fresh. This special Thanksgiving holiday message was designed specifically to hack off the condescending long-haired tofu-eating hippies that try to make us meat eaters feel guilty this time of year. We hope that you enjoy the organic cardboard that you're eating this holiday. In the meantime, we're cooking our fresh kill on coal. Never let it be said that I don't wish the opposition... Uh, happy Thanksgiving or whatever we're supposed to, you know, non-appropriate. Well, you, you can't appropriate things. So you just, I don't know what to do. Just sit down and shut up and eat like everybody else. Quit arguing and bringing up politics at the table. We'd appreciate it. Okay. So headline I just came across. Why do scientists censor? Oh, scientists cent- But science is supposed to be so pure. Well, hang on. Story in front of me says Stephen Prinker and a whole host of scientists write a thoughtful article on censorship and science, which underplays the importance of, well, the nefarious sources of censorship from government to big tech. His focus on how scientists censor themselves and each other is perfectly justifiable. It says scientists do, in fact, censor other scientists for a variety of reasons. And in almost all cases, it's not not only a bad thing, but extraordinarily arrogant. Scientists are placing their judgment of what others should be allowed to know above the truth. Here's something on Twitter. Do scientists get censored? Yes. Who does it? Other scientists. He writes, uh, Stephen Pinker writes, my paper spearheads, well, with 38 co-authors who are also other scientists about censorship. It says the fundamental principles of science is that evidence, not authority, not tradition, not rhetorical,
rhetorical eloquence or social prestige triumphs. So what you do, here's the scientific method. Go gather up all the evidence you can find. Okay? And, and find ways to look for evidence that you didn't think of. Get every possible knowable piece of evidence. Put it all together. What does it show you? That's your conclusion. The evidence leads you to your conclusion. You don't have a conclusion, then go out and look for the evidence that supports it or come to a conclusion and create the evidence that supports it. You look at the evidence and the evidence draws you to a conclusion, which is why he says science is not supposed to be based on authority or tradition or rhetorical eloquence or social prestige. This commitment, he says, makes science a radical force in society, challenging and disrupting sacred myths, cherished beliefs, and socially desirable narratives. Consequently, science exists in tension with other institutions, occasionally provoking hostility and censorship. One, in liberal democracies, government censorship of science are rare. But it happens, he says. The greatest threat to scientific openness are more often diffused and disguised as legitimate scientific criticisms. Yeah, and dangerous and false information. He says, hard, hard censorship occurs when people exercise power to prevent ideas and their dissemination. Governments and religious institutions have a long censored science. However, journals of professional organizations, universities, and publishers, many governed by academics, also censor research, either by preventing dissemination or retracting the publication. Soft censorship employs punishment or threats of them. So that could be obstructionism, public shaming, double standards in hiring, firing, and publishing, retractions, and funding of a scientist's work. So you better say what you're supposed to say, or all of that could happen to you. To prevent dissemination of research, this is what they do, department chairs, mentors, and peers, and scholars sometimes warn that particular researcher, don't go there, you might damage your career if you go there. Such cases might constitute benevolent censorship if the goal is to protect the researcher. Again, see, now, we've talked about this many times. I hear all the time people say, follow the science. We believe in science. But what happens, though, when there's a certain point of view that cannot be disrupted? And scientists who find evidence that would disrupt that point of view are told by their colleagues, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't say that. Don't publish that research paper. I read to you a while ago. In fact, I played the audio for you a little while ago of a scientist who flat out came out and said, I dumbed down my research paper. And he, this is a climate scientist. He dumbed down his research paper and didn't say everything that he had found out. Because if he did, it wouldn't have been published. And what he was saying goes against the cult of climate change. But he can't say that. He has to make it sound like... It, one of the papers that he wrote, uh, a couple of years ago when we had some big fires in California, his research pointed out that it was not 
humans using coal, gas, and oil that caused those fires to get out of control. It was mismanagement of the forest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bad fire seasons happen. We didn't cause it because you're driving a big SUV or because we burn coal. They needed to manage the forest better. But if he had said that, his paper wouldn't have been published. So he changed his conclusion. I've played the audio for you from that scientist on this program. Well, anyway, this uh, scientist done by human beings, after all, is it, the story says, is the act of being human. And, well, all the time, all the time, we run into this problem. Now, the story goes on quite a bit about censorship in the scientific community, but I think you get the idea that, you know, for those people who always say, I believe the science, follow the science, are you sure all of the science is actually getting to you? That we're allowed to see everything from every scientist? 97% of scientists agree. Yes, one of the biggest lies you've ever been told. And yet this is another example because what I just got done reading to you wasn't just one scientist. He got together with many others to put this out. We're being censored by fellow scientists. 917, wake up. Polish off that tin hat. We'll need it for this one. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Twenty-three is the time, but wake up, Wyoming. A couple of comments I got on the science story I was just reading. I didn't read anywhere clear, close to all of that. You were getting the basic idea. Mason and Casper, hmm, sounds similar to religion, also created by man. Mark and Centennial. The first rule of good science is to follow the money. Now, actually, here's the, here's the thing. There are many scientists out there which are very pure about what they do. They actually are very serious. They want to follow the scientific method. They want to do real science. But then they come across the problem of funding. In order to get funding, they have to say certain things. They have to come to certain conclusions or they don't get the funding. Especially when, let's take the Biden administration once again. They are so into the whole cult of climate change, they're not going to fund any scientist who's not agreeing with them. If a scientist has come to a different conclusion than what they have come to, then that guy is not going to get funding. So even though you might have a scientist out, the, the scientist I had mentioned to you earlier that had said that, uh, well, he couldn't get published if he really said what his conclusions, especially when it came to climate change, were. So he had to change his conclusions in order to get published. But then he felt guilty about it, so he decided, I can't do this anymore. So he quit his job at a major university, went into the private sector and wrote this letter that I can't get published. I, I do my science, I come to a conclusion, but they won't even look at my work unless I say what I want them to say. That's very typical. So yes, it can be, it can be follow the money. And what are these guys supposed to do if they want to make a living? It's not that I know some of them have been corrupted, sure, but there's many scientists, most scientists I would think out there actually want to do real science. But then how do they get funding for what they do? Well, a lot of the money comes from universities, from government. So you better come to their conclusions. And if you want to get published in the media and not ridiculed, you better say what the media thinks or you'll get ridiculed instead. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. Oh, you're going to like this one. Uh, real quick on this one. The White House press secretary 
says she would put Biden's stamina up against anyone. Yes, she actually said that. Uh, I would put the president's stamina, the president's wisdom, and ability to get things done on behalf of the American people against anyone any day of the week, she said. Uh, Our perspective is uh, it's not about age. It's about what the president's experience is, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now, I'll just let you have a good time with that one. You enjoy that. How's your stamina doing? Because I'm thinking... You know, I might, uh, later, it's very typical of me, later in the afternoon, well, it's early for you, it's late in my day, that I'll lay down for just a, a few minutes, close my eyes, and I just zonk out, and I'm out, right? And then I'm back up again, and I continue on my day, but I just needed that little midday, let me close my eyes for a few minutes, and I'm good. As opposed to Biden, who starts his day nearly the crack of noon, and has to have a midday nap as well, and then goes to bed early. All right, next one. This is from a website. This is a good news site. It's called the Center Square. I look for sites that do just more news rather than all the other garbage that we come across. Headline, small businesses cry foul over inability to change federal rules. Yeah. We've been talking about this for a long time. U.S. Supreme Court case awaiting the ruling as small businesses calling for an end to the statute of limitations blocking them from challenging federal agency regulations six years after it was enacted. A change to the statute of limitations could open a flood of new challenges to federal rules from businesses that argue that while regulations may be more than six years old, the injury that sparked the lawsuit is worthy of legal action like now. The National Federation of Independent Businesses filed a amicus brief in the case of Corner Post uh, versus Board of Governors and the Federal Reserve System. Quote, the current rule under the APA leaves existing and would-be small business owners in an impossible situation. Businesses are denied the right to challenge agency regulations that are more than six years old, even if the regulation predates the business itself. However, there is no way to challenge regulations until you have a uh, business to be affected by it. Small businesses are overwhelmed by a multitude of regulations from the moment they begin operating. The the rule enables agencies to enact harmful regulations without opposition to, well, to to what's going to happen to small businesses. And you know what I think about rules and regulations. The Administrative Procedure Act created a statute of limitations. Well, it's already six years old. It's been around for a while, so you really can't do anything about it. They want to end that statute of limitations. They want to make sure that a small business, that's going, that's harming me. That regulation is harming me. We need to do away with that regulation. And so this is what they're fighting for in court right now. Don't don't care how old the regulation is or how new the business is. We should have the right to sue and get rid of that regulation, especially because it was enacted by the bureaucracy and was never passed through the legislative branch. Coming up on 9.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. Jackson City Council passed a hate crime ordinance. You know what I think about it, but if you don't know, we'll talk about that right after local news and weather. Morning, Mike. Chet and Yoder, Mark and Centennial. Let's wake up, Wyoming.
Michael. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. The time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Okay, I'll do the Jackson Hole story really quick here because it doesn't take a whole lot of time to go through this. So, Jackson Hole City Council passes a hate crime ordinance. Now, just a little while ago, Gillette did the same thing. Gillette, Wyoming, flat out admitted that their hate crime ordinance was virtue signaling. They didn't want people to not move to Gillette to think that Gillette, Wyoming, was some backwards community. So they implemented hate crime ordinance, which they're not going to really use. It's just, it's on the book, so it looks good. They flat out said that. All right, well, the story from Jackson Hole, uh, didn't see the city, well, basically the same thing. All right. So uh, it's virtue signaling, and my answer to this really is, look, um, there's already laws on the books. If I punch you in the nose, that's assault. The only excuse I have for it is if I was defending myself or defending somebody else. Other than that, there's no excuse. Okay. Hate crime legislation is thought crime legislation, which should never be used. It, it really shouldn't. It adds a whole other layer to it. that You don't know what the person was thinking, nor does it matter, other than if it was defense of yourself or somebody else. That's there. Simplify it. Easy as that. Now, this is the more important story. I got a call from a guy named Bob. Bob is in Casper, Wyoming. If you want to hear the call, it's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. And he said that he saw some strange lights over Casper Mountain. I had him on the air. That's why I saved the audio, which is why you can listen to the entire phone call. And he said he took pictures of it. Now, we got a chance to meet him on a couple of occasions. He was very patient. He's an older gentleman, and he looks very Wyoming as an older gentleman, but uh, he's having some issues. He has a modern-day cell phone, but, you know, he's a little confused about how a few things work. How does he get the pictures that he took of these two lights in the sky? And he just wants to know, did anybody else see them, and what are they? They were up there for a while. What what, What are those lights? So he wanted to get the pictures to us. Finally, after his second time being at the radio station, he was here when Miss Mary was here. Now, I got a chance to meet him, but only be, I was on the air at the time. I couldn't stay and help him. Or I would have, but I, I was on the air. I couldn't do it. But Miss Mary had some time. And she very patiently worked with him and his phone, and they got the pictures off the phone. So if you want to see the strange lights above Casper Mountain that the old guy Bob took pictures of, you can do that. Now, here's what I think. Because it could be a lot of things. You want to say space aliens? Go for it. If you want to say someone was flying a drone, but it looked like two lights. Now, that's important. I'll get back to that. A helicopter? Could be. Someone driving around up there on an ATV in the middle of the night on the dirt roads or maybe just a a whatever vehicle, side-by-side, whatever. Jeep, you know. Could be. Someone driving around on a mountain. When I take, because these lights are, of course, exactly what you'd expect them to be, there are a couple of dots on his cell phone. And he tried to zoom in using his cell phone, which is usually not a good idea, because if you try to zoom in using your cell phone, 
It just gets pixelated. It's not like using a lens to zoom in. You're taking a close look at the pixels. So it doesn't turn out right. Here's what I think Bob saw. And Bob, if you're out there, I, I'm not sure because I wasn't with you that morning. He said it was like 4 a.m. Over the past uh, week or so, Jupiter and Saturn have been really close to each other. And for astronomers, professional and amateur, it's been a very exciting time. Because someone with a telescope can point their telescope and see both at the same time. Both Jupiter and Saturn and all of their moons. And at the same time, those two planets are at one of the closest periods they've been to Earth in a long time. So there are, both planets are a lot closer and they're right next to each other and they're very bright. And oftentimes when that happens, people wonder, what was that light in the sky? It's actually a couple of planets just moving along the night sky. You know, as the Earth rotates, you know, and the planets move across the night sky. I think that's what he was seeing because that oftentimes is the case when, let's say Mars is in the right place or even Venus in the early morning. What is that light up there? People wonder. I think that's possibly what he was looking at. But now you tell me. Go to the wake up. I know Miss Mary, if you have the wake up Wyoming app, she's going to alert the, the story out at some point. But also, if you have the Wake Up Wyoming app, which is free to download at your app store, you get all sorts of features with it. And you can look at a story like this, look at the pictures, see for yourself, but also listen to the audio of when Bob called in to tell me, I saw this stuff in the night sky. I don't know what I'm looking at. What do you see? I also really have to appreciate the fact that he was so patient in getting with us to make sure that he got the pictures to us. Now, I only out of all the pictures he took... I only posted three. And the reason why is all the other pictures are kind of redundant. It's the same thing over and over again. So I didn't think you needed to see all of that. But you go ahead, take a look at that and judge for yourself and let us know what you think. Uh, one more thing before I move on. We'll talk to David Settle with sports in just a minute. So tomorrow is technically a Friday because Thanksgiving is the next day. So while I will bring up some legit news stories to talk to you guys about. For the most part, the story, the, the whole show tomorrow is just going to be something different. Because I do think that there's a time that we ought to just take all the news and controversy that we talk about, all the drama, and put it away. So for the most part, that will be tomorrow's show. Anything goes. Let's wake up Wyoming. Under. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming all. If we go to talk to David Settle, who's on the road right now. Okay, Dave, I usually pass this kind of stuff by. But I think I found one that we can all agree on. This is on social media here. It shows okay. four different retail stores. Which one would you bring back? Kmart, Blockbuster, Payless Shoes, or Toys R Us? Ooh, that's a hard call right there. I, you know what? The kid in me says Toys R Us. Yes, that's what I went with and a lot of other people too. And I think part of the reason why with that is I used to do this a lot. When when I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of the neat toys that they have today because of electronics. So they came out with a Spider-Man web shooter 
that used silly string. I went. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh yes, it was great. I went out and bought it, played with it for a while, and then gave it to the kid up the street. I there would, you go. See, that way I could at least say I got to play with that toy, too. Then I would donate with yeah. some, to some kid. All right. Now, next question. Complete non sequitur. How many coffee shops there in Laramie? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, one, two, three, four. Uh, 50? If you're, you're, if you're <laughs> adding in a couple drive throughs I'm going to tell you around six or seven. Okay. All right. I'd say, do we have another coffee shop coming to the Casper area? Same thing with Cheyenne. Okay, I'm just looking at how many coffee shops are out there. First off, I reject that a lot of these people even make what coffee is. That's not a coffee. <laughs> That's like a, um, it, it's it's some other kind of uh, milkshake drink with a splash of coffee in it. That's not really what a coffee is. Yeah, it's your it's your bit. It's your frappalapa ding dong thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm glad you said ding dong thing in there, not me. But okay, <laughs> I'm just kind of wondering. I don't mind all these coffee shops. I'm just kind of wondering how many the community can support at once. Because to my community, there's another coffee shop opening up, and so I got to add up how many coffee shops. And how many coffee shops can a community support? Now, you live in a college town, so I would say right. a lot. I mean, your college professors alone are addicted to the stuff. Yeah, and high school teachers. And, yes. Yeah, you, you name it. Yeah, there's a lot of people right. addicted and, to coffee. I am not one of them, though. No, no. I drink straight black coffee, dark roast. Nothing in it. Okay. Real coffee, Dave. Real coffee. All right. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Glenn. I appreciate it. I'm at the Arena Auditorium where today the Wyoming Cowgirls host Education Day, a chance for young elementary-age school uh, kids to attend a day game and watch the Cowgirls take on Shadron State College here at the Arena Auditorium. The game starts at 11 o'clock. Don't know how many kids are coming this year, but they had over 5,000 in attendance last year. It creates a fever pitch atmosphere in the Arena Auditorium. The Cowgirls come in at 2-2, two and two, fresh off a loss at Gonzaga, who's one of the best teams in the western part of the U.S. on Sunday. So they're trying to bounce, or on Saturday, excuse me, they're trying to bounce back off that loss. They're 2-2 two and two in the season. Chattern State comes in 2-1. and one. Cowgirls have never lost to the Eagles. They are 13-0 all-time. All the games have been played here in Laramie, and the average margin of victory for Wyoming in the series is nearly 30 points per game. To the junior college basketball ranks, the LCCC women just wrapped up a six-game road trip with losses to Utah State Eastern last Friday, 63-32, and to Snow College, 67-48 on Saturday. They're 2-4 and four on the season. The Casper College women won both their games last weekend, beating Northeastern Junior College 79-73 in overtime last Friday, and on Saturday they beat the Wyman All-Stars 76-42. The LCCC men did not play last weekend. They're 3-2 and two in the season. They'll host a tournament in Cheyenne this weekend. The Casper men split their games, losing to Snow College 88-74 last Friday and beating Colorado Northwestern Community College 104-91 Saturday. They're 4-4 four and four on the season. They'll also be hosting some action in Casper at Thunderbird Gymnasium, which I'll talk about tomorrow. On to college football, where the Wyoming Cowboys are back in action, trying to put together two straight wins and get their first win on the road this season. They're at Nevada on Saturday. Cowboys are 7-4 and four overall. They're 4-3 and three in the conference, but all four of their losses are on the road this season. Can they finally break through? They are a favorite to beat Nevada, who is 2-9 on the season, 2-5 in the conference. They've lost their last three games. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff mountain time from Reno, Nevada on Saturday night. 
We'll have it for you on K2 and Casper and KOWB and Laramie. Coverage starts at 5.30 p.m. All state and all conference football awards have been announced for Wyoming High School football. We've got the full list at yopreps.com and on the Preps app. Shine East and Sheridan led the 4A honors with eight selections apiece. For Shine East, that included unanimous all-state selections Cam Hayes, Drew Jackson, Colby Olson, and Colby Dirks. Cheyenne South had a unanimous all-state selection and kicking specialist Keelan Anderson. Kelly Walsh had Caden Boyce selected all-state. Natrona County had four players, Timothy Edmondson, Bo Russell, Noah Sides, Danny Yates. Cheyenne Central had four players, Bryson Bailey, Mason Counter, Miles Orwall, Colton Prindle were the four there. Douglas had three all-staters, Carter Archuleta, Trey Wren, and Tegan Seeds, and Vaughn Pearson of KC made all-state in six men, and that is your sports today. Okay, well... Guess you're out there having a good time uh, tomorrow. I will be. It'll be yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot of volume in the double A today. Oh my god! Well, I hope you brought your earplugs. I will try. Gotcha. All right. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Dave. We'll do it again tomorrow. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. Yeah, roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Remember, tomorrow's not a normal day on this program. But why have a normal day any day for that matter? Let's wake up, Wyoming. <laughs>